Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. But I want to talk to you here just for a minute about the power of seasons. Now, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to take notes on a couple of these things because it's very, very strong and it's very real. Uh, Here in the United States and around the world, we are living in an unprecedented season. And a season means a span of time that has a focus or a purpose. We are right now going through a crisis season, they call it. And a crisis is something that is beyond your control, and it's not something you created, but you do have to deal with it. It's not something you caused, but it's something that has come upon you most of the time in an unexpected way. I think we can all say that coronavirus has kind of come upon us in an unexpected way. And I do thank God that our leaders today, our medical people, our political leaders are rising up in uncharted waters themselves. And we're praying that God will give them wisdom and that they will make the right kind of decisions because this season is going to change. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, it's in your Bible. I'm speaking out of the King James version of the Bible, but New King James is beautiful. There's several great versions. But the scripture says, for everything, for everything, there is a time and a season. And then he goes on and he begins to talk about that. Well, you know, we can easily talk about the four seasons uh, that are in in life today, spring and and summer and fall and winter and all of those things happen. But there's more than just the natural seasons. The Bible says for everything, there's a time and a season. Sometimes you have seasons of of high prosperity and and great uh, affluence in your life. And other seasons, you might be being challenged in that. Maybe you've lost your job today. Uh, I want to tell you, do not panic because this season is going to change. The Apostle Paul said in the book of, uh, of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, it's one of the great promises in the scripture. Paul said, I don't panic because I have learned in every season that I am in therewith to be content. He said, I have learned wherever I am to be content because I have trusted God. Now listen, coronavirus did not catch God by surprise. And Jesus didn't fall off of his throne in heaven when when the news came out of coronavirus. But the body of Christ began to pray. And a crisis began to generate in the world. And all of a sudden, we begin to see the power of this season and what can happen. Because one of the things about seasons that's very, very necessary to remember and I bind that spirit of depression and oppression and suicide that's tried to come upon you. Think on the things of God. One of the things about a crisis we understand is it's the signal that a new season is on the way. Something good is on the way. Uh, in my short time, I have lived through some very unique seasons in my life. I've lived through the season now of coronavirus. That's an interesting one. I have lived through the season of the largest flood in American history called Harvey. I have lived and experienced the largest footprint of a hurricane in American history called Ike. 
Those are crises that, that showed up. I've lived through airplane crashes. I've died twice. I'm talking about heart stop beating. And God, by His mercy, has brought me back. I've lived through a, a car wrecks where the, the devil would just try to take your life out different ways. And it creates a season of recovery that's necessary. And I've got some good news to tell you today. Seasons change. And seasons, even though many times they, a crisis is a season that you go through in life, God never bails out of your boat. He is with you. If I can tell you anything about God, I can tell you He is faithful. And we live in this fallen realm today called planet Earth. There's coming a day when it will not be that way. At the end of this particular age, one day the Bible says, God will set up a new heaven and a new earth. Heaven. That's why we pray that His will in this hour can be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Because there's no coronavirus in heaven. But we have a battle that we fight in, by, by spiritual and natural ways. The Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes. And so it's necessary in the book of James that we not only have faith, but we have faith with works. We don't sit back and do nothing, but we do things in an understandable way. We do things in an informed way. And then we do things in a biblical faith way and activate that power of God. Hum humanity has power. Thank God for it. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. Uh, so you definitely have some qualities and components you don't even know about. But one thing that crisis does when it comes, God has equipped you with the ability to, to release creativity. I remember hearing the story about how the, uh, Japan, the island of Japan, when back in World War II, uh, they were hit with the two uh, atomic bombs and it stopped that war. But not only did it stop the war, but it devastated Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And it just literally devastated it. And the Japanese people, in their history, they didn't have a, a word that actually matched up to the word crisis. We today, uh, we've got a crisis for everything. Sometimes the weather changes and people call it a crisis in their life. We're almost geared to the response of negativity, instead of seeing it for what it is. Some of it's just the process that got us out of our comfort zone. Right now, we're in a crisis in our nation. But God uses crisis. When we turn to Him, one of the things that happens is that crisis creates creativity. And crisis creates opportunity. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. God has always used it. The three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, they got in a crisis, but they decided that they were going to worship God anyway. And they got thrown in a fiery furnace, but God didn't get out of the fire. He got in the fire with them and he brought them through. And when they came through the fire, the Bible says that the king was so fascinated that he wanted to know about Jehovah God. He wanted to know about the true and living God, and he changed his nation to become a godly nation. God used a crisis because they began to cry out, and they praised and worshiped in the midst of the fire, the Bible says. Daniel was a man going through a crisis. And when Daniel in the book of uh, Daniel in the Bible, and Daniel went into a lion's den, 
And those lions were not pets. Those lions, of course, were supposed to consume him. But the Bible says God went in there with him and the angel of the Lord shut the mouth of the lions. And when Daniel came out the next morning, the king was so amazed, he said, as long as I'm alive, we're going to serve Daniel's God. We're going to serve the God of the three Hebrew children. There are things that you may be experiencing, the pressure of this moment, or you might actually have uh, uh, contacted some type of virus right now. But God will use this time if you will call upon the Lord. They didn't turn away from God in those times. They pulled into God. And it activated an anointing. I was talking a moment ago about uh, how in World War II, when Japan was devastated, they did not have a word historically in their language for the word crisis. They may have it today, but in that day, they didn't. But their, their definition of a crisis was an opportunity to come back from something, an opportunity to overcome. It's a very interesting thing, and it's very true. Now listen, when, when, when those bombs blew up and things began to finally clear and, and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, of course, ha, had died. But there came a moment when someone in Japan started seeing that they had to be, and they're just on a little island. Uh, Japan's not a big place, it's a little island. And they, they lived by very crude methods in those days, even for that day. Uh, they were in little rickshaws and they were in, in, in horse and buggy still in a lot of areas. But somebody saw it as an opportunity. And they began to build cars. And they began to develop cars. And then they began to seek help to do that. Now you fast forward about 60 years or so. And you have all of the, the Japanese uh, components and the actual models of cars that are around the world today. Because in the middle of a crisis, someone saw an opportunity. Now that is a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, uh, years ago, there were two college students. And these two college students uh, decided that they were going to go on a, a, a little tour through India in, in the summer. And so these two students go. They're, they're accounting and business majors. And they go. And when they go through like Bombay and, and they go through uh, places that are just so devastated, they look and they see all around them. Uh, two British guys, they look and they see all around them the poverty. And they see millions of they, they just stood on the balcony of a little hotel and they're looking out and everyone was barefooted and so poor. And it, it was just terrible. And one of those men looks at the other one and says, this is the most devastating thing. Oh, it's horrible. They don't have shoes. But the other man looked and he said, you know, this is an opportunity to create shoes that they could afford. Everyone needs shoes. And so they go back and that got away with that man so much that he actually quit school and he began to design a little shoe, a sandal that he could sell for 15, that cost him 15 cents, and he could sell it for 50 cents. And so he got some people to back him with that. And they began to, he did, he began to sell and manufacture this pair of shoes in India. It became the leading brand in India for buying. At 50 cents, they could now have a good pair of shoes. His name was Tom McCann. 
If you've ever been over Europe and other places, go look at his stores that are in all of the, uh, all of the malls and all of the uh, kiosks and everywhere. The first year, he became a multi-millionaire at 50 cents by helping meet a need. Some person looked at it and saw it just as a crisis that I can't do anything about it. Another person had a gift and a talent and that crisis unlocked it. And today it's one of the wealthiest shoe stores companies in the world and it's still very affordable. I've bought them myself. Listen to me. Crisis sometimes unlocks creativity on the inside of you. For everything there is a season. Seasons guarantee you that there is an opportunity. You may be in your house right now. Instead of just listening to the news and falling into depression, why don't you listen to the news, filter it correctly, use wisdom and start asking God, God, what's inside of me? What gift is in me today? What can I do to help? What can I do to meet a need? I love it when I think back on 911 and the horror of that day. But I think about what that crisis did to our nation. Listen, crisis creates community. And no one cared if you were black or white or Hispanic or Oriental. No one cared about that when those towers fell. I saw people that were rushing to give blood. And you know, no one cared about if that blood was white blood, black blood. As long as it was red blood and not monkey blood, it would work. And people begin to selflessly let that community of love and faith come back alive. It's amazing. Uh, if, if, you see, if you see something that's real bad in a time of crisis, if you see a house on fire, you don't care who lives in that house. You don't care if they're black or white or whatever. If you can help, you're going to do something to get that child out of there. If someone's drowning, crisis, uh, it unlocks something on the inside. If it doesn't shut you down and push you back, you have a component of capacity, a, a greatness on the inside of you that you may never reach unless you stand up to your crisis and you release what God has on the inside of you. The Bible says, consider the ant. It's a powerful teaching in Proverbs. Consider the ant that in winter... Uh, he has stored up what he had in the summer. So he says in summertime, store up because that season is going to change. You may go right now through the very best season financially in your life. I can tell you there's going to be a season in your life because you cannot get away from the truth of the word of God. Everything God created has season to it, but you can prepare for the next season. If you understand it correctly, any crisis season, it will unlock the ability to prepare so you can go through the next season correctly and the next season. You may be young. I promise you, by the grace of God, you will be old one day. It's very necessary that while you're young, you continue to prepare for your old season. You do that by saving, by investing. You become wise and aware. You take care of your health today. I heard a, 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 an elderly, real older gentleman one time, he said, if I'd have known I was going to live so long, I would have taken better care of myself. Well, go ahead and start today. Don't be putting things into your body. Don't be eating and drinking things that you know hurt you. 
Look, the doctors aren't telling a lie. Those things can hurt your body. So if, if you know, uh, if you have wisdom in that, just put those things down and adjust your diet. Uh, I know it's not always that easy, but you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's one you can do. Don't dig your grave with a spoon. Make a decision that you can eat to live instead of just living to eat. Oh, God, help. Holy Spirit, help us today. Uh, the Bible says in, uh, in the book of 1 Samuel that one day King David came and he went to the city he lived in at that time called Ziklag. And Ziklag was a very uh, unique place. He was going through a season in his life. And his talent and his skills, his gifts, had made him the head of that city. And when he gets to Ziklag that day, they had been attacked by uh, warring tribes. And the Bible says they kidnapped his children. They captured his children when he wasn't looking. Sometimes you feel like you're being attacked and you can't see what's coming at you. And the Bible says they had captured all of his children. They'd captured his family. They'd captured uh, all of the women of that, uh, of that city and taken them off to be sex slaves and all of those kind of things. And the Bible says David began to weep. He called upon the Lord. Look, it's okay to cry. Tears will either set you free or they will bind you up. Why not cry in hope, weep in hope, the Bible says. And they begin, he begins to weep. And then the scripture says he made a decision to not get angry at God. Like God's not the one who did this. I have an opponent and that's who did this. But God can take this and do something good with it. And he began to seek the Lord. And God gave him a plan. I believe God today is giving you a plan. In the middle of your crisis, it's creating opportunity. You will see it in a whole different way. And the scripture says, as he began to call upon the Lord, God said to him, pursue, go after that army that has, that has taken all of your children, taken all of your family, taken all of your wealth that burns your city to the ground. Go after them. I love this teaching. It says, pursue. Most people only think that David killed a giant. He did 40 years of miracles. First uh, Samuel uh, says, God said, overtake, go and overtake them. That's a pretty good thing if God tells you you're going to overtake this season. And then he said, and recover all. He said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is speaking today. Instead of set back, do nothing, go into that dark hole of depression and oppression, the Holy Spirit says, rise up. And begin to declare, we will pursue, we will overtake anything that's been stolen from us in this season, and we're going to recover all. And the Bible says he got 600 men, warriors, and that's exactly what they did. They went right into the face of this terrible, terrible foe. And the scripture says God worked with them. Now what's stunning about that is it appears that about 72 hours later, about three days later, it appears in the scriptures that all of Israel and all of Judah came back together. I'm giving you a little Bible lesson right here. And they decided David should be the king of our entire nation. And they reconciled the nation when David, who had been a shepherd boy, 
had a king living on the inside of him. I believe you have a king living on the inside of you today. Sometimes it takes crisis and your action and reaction uh, to be able to see that. Without a doubt, crisis brings you back down to what really is important. It causes you to be able to see, wait a minute, I can actually have a, a do-over here. I can have a start-over. I can have a jubilee right here. I'm not going to die. We're not going to go under. We might trim off some fat, so to speak, in our life. That which is not all that important. But we're going to pursue uh, the call of God in our families, in our lives, in our children, in their education, in our business. We're going to pursue it. We're not going to sit back and just kind of jog for Jesus. No, we're praying people. And then we're acting on our faith people. And the Bible says they pursued it. And David became the king. And, and the whole nation of Israel and their tribes were reconciled and restored back together for the first time in many decades. And God raised him up for 40 years he reigned. And the enemies never again broke in through their uh, borders, the Bible says, and took them over. Listen, God is with you today. When, when you have that anointing of the Holy Spirit that I sense all over me right now, when you have that working in your life, there's a power of God that rises up in you when crisis comes. Crisis oftentimes means do something new, do something different. We are in a season, and I tell you in Jesus' name, that season is going to pass. But how you go through a season has a lot to do with how you come out of a season into the next season. And every season that we have should be a preparation for what I call promotion or productivity in the next season. It should not be a setback, but it has its purpose. It has its ability. I believe in Jesus' name that's going to work in your life. I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. I'm going to pray with you. You know, there's coming a day, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, but that season is coming when you will stand one day before the King of Kings, the Corona de Corona, the King of Kings, El Rey, Rey. That's the one I'm talking about. His crown, and uh, his crown is over all crowns. You're going to stand there one day and you're going to face the one who loved your soul. And when the Negative, bad attacks, the crisis, that health crisis, that financial crisis, that virus crisis, that unexpected attack that upset your family, that divorce, and I'm not against anybody, I'm just telling you those things create crisis moments. Do you either fall apart or you begin to solidify around Jesus Christ? He is the God who knows how to turn a crisis into a true crown of righteousness. Every man will stand before Jesus one day. Is that your season now? Have you ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Not a one of us is guaranteed tomorrow on this earth. I don't care who you are. Circumstances can change that quick. I was walking across the street four years ago in downtown Houston and someone ran through a red light as I was crossing, walking across. There were three of us. The other two were a little ahead of me and that car hit me. I never saw it. 
I woke up in the back of an ambulance. I had numerous uh, fractured and broke bones. Right there, I could have said, well, I've just had enough. God, just let my life not die and I'll just kind of just, you know, just filter away, flitter off into the sunset. But oh, I thank God that my daddy raised me as a boy. He pastored 50 years. He said, I don't care what comes, Walter, keep punching. He said, you never lose unless you stop punching. Well, I understood what he meant. He's not talking about physical fighting. He's talking about, I don't care what happens. As long as you have breath, punch. And I began to pray and seek God through that recovery time in a whole new way. And you know, instead of going backwards, we went forwards in life. The devil meant it for evil, but God knows how to get good out of that. When God created you, He put inside of you certain components and elements that even if you don't have the flu, there's something that's inside of you that if a sickness tries to get on you, that's activated to fight it. It's not activated until you need it. There is a spiritual component in Jesus Christ that can be in you. That in the midst of the crisis, all of a sudden, in your weakness there, are you made strong, the Apostle Paul said. It just begins to rise up. No wonder the writer of the scripture says, let our God arise and let the enemies be scattered. There has to be an enemy for it to be scattered. And when the enemy of Corona, financial, marital, I don't know where your issue is, your health. When that tries to come against you, let God arise. He will activate an anointing in you and He will do it through you. Oh, I wish I could just say, uh, God, just fall down here and do it all yourself. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. But it does say that He will open windows of heaven in you. And He will pour out His power and His blessing. And your enemy will be scattered. It will have to flee. The Bible says we resist the works of the devil. And we do that in Jesus' name. The Apostle Peter writes, and he says, and he will flee from you. Your enemy will have to flee. I pray for you today. If you've never made Jesus your Lord, why not allow the Holy Spirit to just reveal Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior now? Would you pray this prayer with me? I'll lead you in a prayer of salvation. Or maybe there was a day in your life you gave your life to Jesus, but you've not actively pursued Him and you've been distracted by all of the things of life, take this moment. It only takes a moment. Take this moment with me. Let's say yes to Jesus Christ. If you would like right where you are, maybe just lay your hand on your own heart and just pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, I give my life to Jesus Christ. God, I'm doing what I can do I can give my soul to you. Save me today, Jesus. Let the miracle of the new birth come into my life. You died for me at Calvary. You arose from the dead after three days and you did it for me. You did it for mankind and for all who will believe that you are the Son of God. I believe today, Jesus, you are my Savior, my Lord. 
my soon coming King. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing my prayer. Write my name in your book of life. I will live for you, Lord, from this time on to the best of my understanding, by faith, in Jesus' name. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, It would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.